You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hi, everyone. I am so excited because I have Jonathan Green on the line and Jonathan lives on an island in the South Pacific. And I wanted to get his story on how he got there and what does it look like living abroad? So welcome, Jonathan. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's just dive in. First and foremost, what made you decide to move to an island in the South Pacific and stay there? Like, that's where you live. What made you decide to do that? Sure. I started off building an online business when I was just tired of having a boss. I go, I don't want to be in the situation where I want to have kind of control of my destiny. And my first business was local in Nashville, Tennessee. I was doing online services for small businesses. And I said, this is fun. I love this. But I'm doing a lot of in-person meetings. I'm doing a lot of road a lot of road work, driving around in the car, trying to count gas miles, which I hate. And I was trapped. I said, oh, I want to be location independent. So then I moved to Tampa. And part of that was shifting to where I would only do phone clients or international clients. So I have the ability to be location independent. So once I had a little bit of financial independence, I wanted to be able to travel and have freedom. And as I built my business, I eventually got to the point where I was doing all digital services. I had an online business selling products and courses and doing things, everything online. And that meant I could live anywhere. So at that time, a lot of my friends who had started with me about two years ago, other entrepreneurs, they were all building offices, hiring employees, wearing suits to work. And I said, well, we started at home and now you're going back to the office. That's not what I want. I said, I want to live on the beach and I want to travel. So I started traveling the world for about six months, going to a lot of different countries. And then I was visiting a business partner here for just a week and I ended up meeting my wife. And so I stayed and we, I said, if we're going to live in this country, let's live in the best spot we can. And so we live about five or six different places. But we always live on the beach. Our house right now is basically our dream house. So we don't really have any plans to move for a very long time now. Found our perfect situation. But part of it was just there's freedom. You have a lot more freedom of choice, a lot more freedom of over what you do and say and how you live and raise your kids here that all things that meant a lot to me. Because freedom for me is more important than pure finance. So there's a lot of kind of control of our destiny that we have. And there's just such a difference in cost. So we can make money in America and spend money here. And it's probably worth five or 10 times more just because we're in a different country. So there's a really good advantage as well for that. Wow. Wow. So we're going to dive into that, but I just wanted to make sure that we make this point clear. So as an entrepreneur, you built how you wanted your business to go because you wanted to be able to move to another country. So you built it in a way to where it was flexible enough to where you could live wherever. And so instead of taking the same route that your friends did with having the brick and mortars or hiring employees and doing all of that, you were like, you know what? I think I'm going to just stick online and I'm going to make sure that I can travel wherever I want because that's what's important to you. So I think that's important for my audience to understand is that you can take a whole different path if you want based on what your values are. And I think that is so empowering for a lot of people. I'm over here. Should I move to another country? Because I'm pretty much building the same thing. So with that being said, let's dive into the cost because I know a lot of people listen to my episode to get more information about money. And so let's talk about what that looks like. So you're originally from the U.S., correct? Yes. 
Perfect. And then, so when you moved over there, let's just give an example. For instance, your house that you're living in, did you already pay for it? Is it rented? What does that look like? Sure. This is a rental. Owning land here is very tricky and very risky. So we've never done that because it's not the same. There's no such thing as like a mortgage here. You pay cash up front and it's very possible that someone shows up with an older deed and suddenly you don't own your house anymore. I've seen it happen to loads of people. So we've had to move multiple times, not for that, but for other reasons. So we like the agility of being able to move, but our house is six bedrooms. We have our own pool. We're on a cliff overlooking the ocean in the jungle. We have no neighbors and we live on the most expensive island in the country. It's where everyone goes on vacation from all over the world. And our house is about $1,500 a month. Wow. Awesome. And that's for a six bedroom, pretty much mansion type situation. And you're only paying 1500. Meanwhile, if you had something like that here, it would probably be utterly ridiculous, probably at least like 3000 plus maybe. Oh, no. If this was like in Hawaii, it would be 20 to $50,000 a month. Wow. Wow. And so your cost of living, at least with the rent, is super cheap. Now, what about when it comes to food and stuff? Like, for instance, just to give my audience an example, your typical budget every month, what does that look like in that country? So I don't know the details of everything because I give my wife money to run the house. So I can't give you an exact detail, but I would say for food, we're spending, and again, I have me, my wife, we have four kids and we have four full-time staff. So for feeding everyone, it's probably a thousand to $1,500 a month in that range. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> Cause meanwhile, I'm over here thinking like, I just spent $40 yesterday on just food for myself, eating out a thousand to 1500 a month for how many people is that? One, two, four, six. 10 people, that's a steal. If we go to a restaurant, like a really high-end restaurant here, me and my wife and get a bottle of wine, it will be 40 to $50 at a really nice restaurant, like a four or five-star restaurant. And we don't do that very often. We mostly eat at home, so we have a good situation. But yeah, if I go out and eat by myself at a chain restaurant in America, it's the same as if I take my family out here. So it's, it is a big difference. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we covered rent, which is typically your housing, which is typically the biggest cost food, which is usually the next biggest cost. What other costs do you all experience over there? Is it like here where there's a lot of debt payments or health insurance or what other big expenses are there? We have our utilities, which are around five to $600 a month. Electricity is a little bit expensive right now. Water is a little bit expensive. Electricity's gone up. I think that's for everyone worldwide right now. Not too crazy here, but we also have a huge house. So the bill went up as we moved to a bigger house. The next bills after that is private school for my kids. So I have three kids in elite international private school. That's $12,000 a year for all three of them. But then of course there's extra stuff. You got to pay for the extracurriculars, got to pay for the bus. So there are these extra add-ons. But when I went to high school in America, my high school, when I was very fortunate, was $10,000 a year for just me. So again, even for a really good school, it's much more affordable, but the kids are our biggest expense. The next expense is three of my kids do Taekwondo. That's about 80 to $100 a month for their school. So those are the biggest things that we put money into here. And of course, we have our staff who are all paid several hundred dollars a month, which is about double what anyone else pays on the island. So it's a really, plus they have free board, free board in our awesome house. They have their own rooms. They have unlimited food. They have really big food parties two or three times a day together. 
So we've read all that stuff, but those are our biggest expenses as far as local expenses for the family. That is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. And kudos to you for going to another country and actually providing a better quality of life to your employees as well. Because I know one thing that broke my heart here lately, I went to Jamaica and I was talking to the locals and things like that. And they were saying these big resorts and stuff are only paying their employees like 10 to $15 for the entire day. Mind you, they're charging us tours like $18 for a burger. And it really, really put a bad taste in my mouth. And it was so unfortunate that all of the money that's coming into that island is going right back out, unfortunately. So thank you. Kudos to you. And that's one thing that I thought about as well is if I was to move to another country was to do a better wage for the workers that I have working for me. Yeah, the advantage, and that's why a lot of countries really encourage expats, is that you bring your money from one country and back to here. And it's really good. We've definitely seen that. We ran a hotel for about two years and we took over the hotel. And the two, the workers were all living in the stock room and they were making like really low wage. And I said, like, guys, this isn't okay. And I said, I can't pay you what the last person was paying you. I can't look in the mirror. If I do that, we got to double your salary and you guys have to, you got to move out. You have to have real housing. So there are people that do stuff like that, that have all their workers live together on one mattress. I was like, no guys, you can't be in the same room. You're that's insane. So we do have, no, and there, I'm sure there's people that do better for the work by the workers than we do, but you see all ends of the spectrum. And that is one of the unfortunate things is that you know, people try to keep as much as they can. You try to find that balance. Obviously, I put my family first. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. But we do take, we have one worker has been with us for almost nine years, or no, eight years now, really long time. She's moved with us three or four times and all around the country. Why? Because we provide a really great wage that she pours back into her family, goes back in the community. But it is important to see yourself as part of the community. What you don't want to be is the hated rich person because things can turn. We were actually in a natural disaster last year. And if we were those people, like we would have been in real trouble. So a lot of the goodwill you pour out can end up coming back to you when it's the least expected, but you need it the most. Wow. So let me ask you a question. If we have people listening that are entrepreneurs and they're like, you know what I can do, I can totally take this online and I can live wherever I want to live. That's one thing here. We have dengue. So if you see a mosquito guy, kill it. Keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, you're fine. So if somebody was listening and they're an entrepreneur and they're like, you know, what, I could totally take my business online and live somewhere else. Was the process difficult to move into where you are or visas? Like, what did that process look like? So the main reason that people don't move abroad is lack of information. They don't realize it's super easy. It's super welcoming that there's massive advantages as far as taxes, as far as your income all these massive advantages. There's almost no downside, but people don't do it because they don't understand cost of living. They all assume when people see my house, they think it's again, 20, $40,000 a month, but it would be if I was living in America, I couldn't afford this house. I'm not doing that good, but that's a big part of it. It's lack of information. If you just look at different countries, there's some countries that are really welcoming. They're looking for foreigners and they all have different types of whether it's a digital nomad visa or foreign worker visa, you just look for ones that want entrepreneurs. A lot of them look for as a baseline, are you making two or $3,000 a month? That's the baseline. If you're above that, you can live in probably 20 or 30 really good countries. 
So I'm not including the bad ones. I'm talking about really great ones. You can live in, there's some amazing opportunities in the Virgin Islands. There's several islands that have really cool, like Bahamas has a really good one. There's all these opportunities people don't think about. You can go to Mexico and live really well. And as soon as you move to another country, it's like doubling your wage. So it's not difficult other than the things that keep us tied to home. Our fam- I don't see my family very often. So that, if that stuff is really important to you, but if you value freedom and control and keeping more of the money you make, then it's a really good decision. It's the best decision I ever made. I'm definitely not going back. I am right there with you because I tell people all the time, I am sick of being in America. So I will be doing more research on different countries that I can live. And thank you so much for having this conversation and just opening my audience eyes to what's possible out there. Because guys, there's people out there doing it. And all it takes is a little bit of research, a little bit of planning, and you can go forth and live somewhere else. And the American dream, eh, is it really a thing? But you can go over and live all these other places and have a great quality of life. So thank you so much for bringing awareness to this topic. And I think it'll be very helpful for my audience. Jonathan, if people are interested in finding out more about you, because you also have a podcast, where could they find you? You can just type in serve no master online. Every single search result is me or one of my books or my podcast or one of my social media platforms. So that's the best way to find me. It's serve no master. Awesome. Awesome. And I love that name because John said, you know what? I'm not going to serve a master today. I'm out. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming on the show today. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I did. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.